today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Donald Trump addressed the nation yesterday uh, to do with his wall, uh, used a primetime speech uh, to pitch his wall as a fix over the drugs and crime uh, problems, he says, in the States. And, uh, well, we'll, we're going to review that in just a couple of seconds, but I want to play a little short clip of uh, what the president had to say last night. Democrats in Congress have refused to acknowledge the crisis. And they have refused to provide our brave border agents with the tools they desperately need to protect our families and our nation. The federal government remains shut down for one reason and one reason only, because Democrats will not fund border security. Uh, we'll talk about inaccuracy in a couple of seconds as uh, Laura Babcock joins us, of course, president of Power Group, uh, with an analysis of what happened last night. Laura, thanks so much for the time. Good to have you with us today. My pleasure. I want to get into content about what Trump's had to say last night, but before I do that, I'm always intrigued uh, because part of the, the the work that you do, of course, with Power Group and in many of your clients is, is to talk about presentation. It's not just the message. It's how you deliver that message. Uh, give me an assessment on, on how he performed last night, uh, body language, things of that nature. Very successfully. He managed to look presidential, and I know that's a term that gets thrown around a lot and a term that he mocked when he was running to become the Republican nominee, but he managed to pull it off, to sit behind the resolute desk, to make it something so serious, this wall, which has kind of been a a fringe thing, more of a pivot to strength line that his advisors gave him back in the campaign when he would lose his audience in those big rallies. He managed to move it into the mainstream by using the power of the ultimate bully pulpit in the Oval Office. It's a place, it's a setting, it's a staging that is reserved for really serious things. And so by making the wall now more of a serious mainstream discussion and looking presidential, he was successful. His content, which we'll get to, might have been lacking. But what made Trump look even better was the really poor performance, if you want to talk body language over content, by both Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. I mean, they wanted to have a rebuttal afterwards. The networks gave it to them, which is pretty rare after an Oval Office. This is not a State of the Union. Uh, So they had this rare opportunity to fact-check Trump or to give their side of the story around this government shutdown and the wall. But they staged it terribly. They looked like the two kids from The Shining or, or that painting American <laughs> Gothic. It was terrible. Uh, and not only was it terrible, but they seemed laconic and lackluster. So compared to them, Trump looked good. And, and I, you know, the second that I saw them from a body language perspective, I thought, oh, no. When Nancy Pelosi is on her own, she's highly effective. We've seen her with Trump, uh, you know, sort of mano a mano in the Oval Office. She's really spectacular. Uh, that positioning, that framing, how tense they were, the way that they delivered it, it almost putting the audience to sleep, uh, all played into Trump's hands. So uh, thank goodness Cortez, uh, the young congresswoman, got you know several million people to see her rebuttal to Trump uh, via the Rachel Maddow show, and it was very passionate and very informative. But it was a big mistake by uh, Schumer and Pelosi to do it the way they did in terms of stagecraft. Well, yeah, I'll talk about those two for a second. I, I was shocked and, and, quite frankly, disappointed as soon as I saw the two shot of them before they even started talking. That this is this is not it. I mean, it, it's not Tweedledee and Tweedledum. There was an opportunity really to to slam what the president was saying, and instead they read pre-arranged scripts. They were monotone. They were dull, and that's totally contrary to both the way Schumer and Pelosi usually perform. 
Absolutely. And so, and even with that long shot in the hallway, I mean, it made them, I, I, again, I bring up that image of the, from The Shining because that's exactly what it looked like. Why, why the distance? Why was that so creepy? Why, why wouldn't we have more of a, a tighter framing on them like they had with Trump? So, you know, was, I understand that it was a kind of a scramble to see whether the networks were even going to cover Trump and they had to really push all day probably to get that response time and prime time. Uh, but it was a mistake. And so is it fatal? No. And as I mentioned, if you look at social media pickup, certainly uh, Cortez has gotten a, a ton of it and she sort of represents more of a an in-the-moment passionate response to the actual things that Trump said. But, you know, in the future, if Chuck and Nancy are going to do this kind of uh, one-two thing with Trump, they have to understand how to leverage, as you point out, their their inherent strengths, and they didn't do it last night. Do you find, though, not notwithstanding the fact that he did look presidential sitting behind the desk, it'd be hard not to, but the teleprompter Trump is, is really rather monotone and boring? Oh, of course. Uh, but, again, I, and I've watched it several times, the only time that he got a little bit more interesting in terms of his tone and, and getting out of that kind of monotone delivery he does, when he actually started to get interesting was when, of course, he was talking about the, the, the horrible crimes that he was picking up and the de- graphic descriptions. When he said, you know, the word coyote, he took great relish in that. So when he was talking about stuff that he knows fires up uh, people who fear immigrants, he was getting into it. And so, again, by if you if you had the regular Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, who are very good in the moment of riffing, we even remember Pelosi the other day saying, a dollar, a dollar for the wall, are you serious? You know, it's an immorality. She was fantastic on the spot during the scrum, uh, but when they had their performance after his, you know, it made him look that much more charismatic, which is hard to do when he's reading on the prompter. So, again, with these kind of things, Bill, you know, it's not just how you perform, it's how your opponents perform, and yeah. in this case, uh, they made him look good. Well, a pox on all their houses, because if anybody tuned in last night hoping to hear something new or a different twist on this, uh, n- nothing happened uh, from any of the three of them. It was the same old talking points that we've heard for the last few mo- months, really. Yeah, and so that's why I bring it back to, and there's even a Washington Post uh, comment piece this morning that says that Trump won the night, because uh, none of them did very well. Trump didn't say anything new. He didn't bring up the emergency measures that everyone feared he would, that would have made the big news. And there's even reporting saying that he didn't even want to bother with the speech. But I think what's interesting to note is that it did take the headlines away from some of the other stuff going on in the Mueller probe that came out yesterday. And he did send out a fundraising letter after, apparently, saying, you know, you can become some sort of a border patriot by donating. So uh, he's good at grift, and maybe it was being used in part for that, Bill. But, you know, his content uh, last night was just what we've heard at rallies. The only difference is I think he's mainstreamed some of that very pernicious rhetoric. Uh, and that should be of concern for people. It's easy to say he lied a lot, which he did. But let's face it, if he was able to get some people to think that there really is a crisis at the border, which there isn't, other than the humanitarian one that his policy of family separation has started, uh, if he can get people convinced even a little bit, you know, he won, he won the messaging war last night, which he had been losing the last week. 
if uh, if we were marking this, you know, you you got the speech in front of you, you got the red pencil out, Laura. I mean, the, there's X's and, and circles all over the place where he's basically, as you say, out and out lied. Uh, when it came, for instance, to the number of people of the illegal drugs that were coming in, which he says are coming across the border, uh, his own government departments say that's not the case, that they're handing, uh, most of them come, uh, the drugs, illegal stuff is going on in land ports, not coming across illegal crossings such as this. But that's not going to bother anybody that, that are already Trump fans. I mean, his base already know that they're going to believe everything that comes out of his mouth. I guess the ultimate question when it comes to something like this, uh, when you got a Republican president and two Democrats trying to rebut this, did any one of them move the yardsticks? Did they sway anybody's opinion last night? I think it's possible that Trump did. And uh, I say that because, as we all know, there's a famous line from one of Hitler's associates that said, if the lie is big enough and repeated often enough, it, it works. People buy it. So think about the lies that we've seen and how often they were being repeated yesterday by, by, by Pence. He did sort of every network, the VP coming up to this, by Sarah Sanders, by Kelly and Clark. Everybody was out there talking about numbers that are big lies. They're not even close. 4,000 when it's really six, 3,000 when it's really 12. I mean, huge. They, they blew up these lies. And that's what concerns me about this bill. And I, I put out a little post yesterday from the other show about watch out for the big lies. Because if you just look at them and say they're ridiculous on their face and they're so easy to dispute, yeah, but why are they doing it? They're doing it because it works, because people hear those big numbers, and even though they're disputed and fact-checked, sometimes even in real time, like Wallace did on Fox with Sarah Sanders on Sunday, there's still the impression made of these thousands and thousands. And this idea that, you know, he brought up this thing that the opioid crisis, which is a real crisis, costs Americans a huge amount, billions and billions. And so by, by stopping this, you know, the border, they're going to stop this opioid cost to the country and it'll pay for the wall. Well, the fact is that the border is not where the opioid, where the drugs are coming in. They're coming in through ports of entry and, and the terrorists are coming in through airports. But the lines are so big that people are possibly susceptible to them, Bill. And I think that, you know, there's a, there's a reason why we have to be very cautious, not just to say it's ridiculous, so therefore it's not going to work. In history, the ridiculous has worked. I got a, a tweet from David Frum, I'm sure you saw from just a couple of minutes ago, too, uh, where uh, David uh, responds, uh, says, uh, responding to a border emergency by urging the beginning of a planning for a 15-year-old civil engineering project is like saying my house is burning, time to begin the process of calling for design proposals for a new fire station. Uh, that's logic, and and that makes all kinds of sense. And pragmatists are going to look at that and say he's absolutely right. But I don't see pragmatism as much of a factor in this debate. And that's the real challenge here. I mean, the if you and and I think it's important to note that what Trump does very well is the double down, the triple down, where most politicians would say this is a messaging morass. There's no way out of this. You know, we've said it's this and it's that. We said this would pay for it and it hasn't. I mean, most politicians would say this completely stinks what a stupid thing i gotta i gotta change the channel not trump i mean he was repudiated with his caravan idea at the midterm a historic repudiation which would drive any other politician to say hey you know what this thing is not working I, i've got to change my rhetoric around immigration and the border but what do we see we see him using an oval office address and one person said it brilliantly you know in the past the oval office address was always used by presidents to calm a fearful nation. This is the first time it was used by a president to give fear to a calm nation about something that's not even real. And so the fact that he was willing to take that that risk, was willing to do that tactic, Bill, is deeply disconcerting. 
No, of course there's the possibilities of impeachment at some point. Of course there's the Mueller investigation that at some point will come out with some things and a whole bunch of other legal challenges that this president is facing. But from a messaging perspective, the the options they keep taking of going bigger and bolder and the lies larger uh, and the tactics more extreme, I, I really think that, you know, we're not looking at this carefully if we're just looking at it logically. We have to look at it in terms of, what kind of stagecraft might, in fact, move a population in a dangerous direction? There's another element to this, too, that I know you've touched on in the past, Laura, and that's and you just touched on the Mueller investigation a second ago, uh, and that's pushing stories around. And, and Trump and his team, whomever's calling the shots in this situation, because uh, I, I, yeah, we know the story that there was a period of time yesterday until where he probably said, I don't even want to do this. But given the fact that the other story that was supposed to probably be on the front page yesterday was the a leak from the Mueller group that essentially said Paul Manafort lied when it talked about you know his his dealings with Russians, uh, that probably could have and should have been front page news. It's pushed to the back right now because of what Trump did last night. Yeah, they're very good at this. I mean, the guy who is doing this uh, presumably is the guy that came over from Fox News that's running his comms now, his communications, and, the, and set up this Oval Office thing. I mean, they, they know how to use the bully pulpit. And what they say, again, might be ridiculous, but it's big, it's bold, it's repeated frequently. They understand social media. A lot of the same tactics that made Trump the president uh, are the same tactics that may make him the president again, or may in fact cause all kinds of other concerning policy decisions or, or actions over the next year and a half. So we have to look at them carefully and say, they're doing it because it works. They changed the channel. He's very, very good at that. And so yesterday, it wasn't just that there was something interesting about Manafort. It was that Manafort's lawyers actually messed up. And we found out that there, he was giving polling data from the Trump campaign directly to the Russians, which may, in fact, be the closest thing to smoking down on collusion that has even come up. But were we talking about that last night? No, we were all glued to see whether or not Trump was going to go unhinged about the wall. And Trump, you know, surprised and disappointed some people by actually looking like he was mainstreaming the world debate. And I think it's going to make it even harder for Democrats now to look as though they're the ones being reasonable in this whole government shutdown and, and debate about the wall funding. Well, i got about 30 seconds left. Let me ask you about that, because that, that's one of the subtexts of this whole thing, too, is, of course, the government shutdown. Uh, and he blames the Democrats. Uh, national polling last night indicated that 53% of Americans blame Trump for it. Uh, only about 32%, I believe, blame uh, the Democratic Party. Uh, does this embolden those Republicans that were walking back from Trump on this? Did they watch his performance last night and say, no, we're going to stick with this guy? I think it gave them a little bit of pause, yes, because there was a building momentum uh, that said, oh, hey, this, this shutdown is just too painful. Friday is a big day, though, because that's when this becomes the longest shutdown in history. And yes, by polling so far, the American public knows that Trump, this is his shutdown. Uh, so it'll, we'll see how much they can take of it by Friday when some people have had their third, second or third week without a paycheck. I don't think Trump's out of the woods on this yet, but I do think that he gave some pause to some people that were probably looking at bailing on him on this issue. Laura Babcock, uh, president of Power Group. Always a pleasure, Laura. Thanks so much for this today. Thanks, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.